Had I known that Sean Beachy was here, um, we might. <laughs> I didn't, but uh, we're grateful that he is here. And um, as, as most of you know, uh, many of you know, we were, us pastors were at a uh, pastor's assembly gathering Friday and Saturday, and so we got home last evening, and uh, rather than asking any one of us to be prepared to preach this morning, we decided to share the time and uh, just reflect on what uh, we learned uh, this past week, or the past several days, I should say. But it certainly was a privilege to be together there, and um, unfortunately, Nates weren't able to go because of sickness, and so that was a, a little bit of a disappointment. Ivan's ended up connecting with her family um, while they were close by, and so they're not back this morning. So it'll be Daniel and I that are sharing our reflections rather than four of us. Uh, but anyway, so Wayne and Edna were also going to go with us, but ended up not going because of um, they were coming with Nate and Ann. <clears throat> I'm going to give you just a little bit of a reflection uh, an update, if you will, on ADC. So about a year and a half ago, we joined ADC, which is the Anabaptist Disciples of Christ. It's an affiliation of, of churches. Um, there are 22 member congregations. Uh, as of today, there were three that were added within the last year. Most of those are from Ohio, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. But there's also a congregation from Tennessee, Missouri, Maryland, Georgia, Colorado, and obviously here. Um, there were about 200 attendees at, at this, this meeting. Many of those were from uh, member congregations, but there were non-member attendees as well. Um, <clears throat> they were held in, it was held in Pittsburgh. Friday morning began with a business meeting in the forenoon and then we had um, teaching sessions Friday afternoon until noon on Saturday, and there were five sessions of those, um, and including one session for the ladies in particular. The theme for this year was uh, reaching our culture with the gospel, certainly a relevant uh, subject. Just... Um, Commenting on a, on a few things, that ADC is not a conference of churches, but it's an affiliation of similar-minded congregations um, anchored in a statement of beliefs. It's a young organization that just got its start within the last seven years or so. So there's not a lot of, a lot of history. There's a lot of things just simply being figured out. Three pastors... Uh, did the organizational work and planned the, this first pastor's assembly uh, seven years ago. And this group became known as the planning committee. Um, now, they do more than planning, but that is kind of what they were, they were called because it's not a conference and, and so forth. Since that time, this committee has transitioned to rotating, uh, having a rotating three-year three-term, three-year terms for members. Several months ago, I was contacted and asked whether I would be willing to be a nominee for this committee. Uh, they were taking accepting nominations from the member congregations. 
And in consultation with Vani as well as the rest of the leadership team, I agreed to be a nominee among others. And in December, I was actually elected to serve on this committee. And I'm still not sure what this all entails, but uh, I have been asked to serve alongside Lonnie Beachy from Plain City, Ohio, and um, Mark Miller from Holmes County, Ohio. Uh, they were really hoping to get a broader perspective than just Ohio uh, in, in the planning uh, committees. So uh, there's been quite a few changes in the last couple of years. Um, as, as ADC develops, so it used to be just the planning committee. Now, in the last year, there was a youth conference in Tennessee that had about 260 ADC youth in attendance. Um, there was a missions committee formed within the last, since last time we met, um, with a focus on church planting. And then there was also a logistics committee put in place to try to plan the details of the gathering like we had uh, this past weekend, rather than the planning committee doing all of that. Looking ahead, some of what uh, there's interest in trying to develop some kind of a robust biblical and theological training, focusing on pastors, youth, and those that would be going into missions and trying to get them anchored more solidly in scripture and as a way of growing our churches and strengthening our churches. So like I said, I am not sure what all this role will involve for me as a, on the planning committee, but I do look forward in working closely with Lonnie and Mark. I mean, they've been friends for years and um, it will be good to work together in, in that capacity. Um, Certainly appreciate interest in your prayers on that behalf. I will also just mention, I, I don't want to forget to mention that we as a leadership team are planning to get together all day Tuesday for just a focused time together, um, looking ahead, planning, and so forth. And so certainly would appreciate your prayers on our behalf in that way as well. I'm going to have uh, Daniel come up here and share just some of his reflections on the sessions, and then I will follow up uh, after that as well. But I just want to give you this introductory um, overview, kind of. Daniel. Well, good morning. Um, it's great to be here. Every time I travel, I'm always struck by how much I love home and how much I love being back here. Um, Jess and I were very fortunate. We were able to take a 15-minute um, metro ride from our house to um, Reagan and then a 30, like a 35-minute flight to Pittsburgh. So that really made a lot less car time. So that made our trip this weekend a little bit easier. Um, I think... As I go through kind of some of my thoughts, some of my reflections um, from the weekend, I wanted to just start with a big thank you to the congregation. Um, it was an incredible time of encouragement, um, being fed, and um, also a time to kind of just relax a little bit, which I feel like 
I don't have much of an excuse to need to relax. I haven't really um, gotten everything started, but in some ways um, it felt very necessary and great. So thank you for allowing us to do that. Um, just to give you um, an overview of what I want to cover briefly, I just want to go over how the weekend affected me personally, um, how it affects uh, and kind of how ADC and some of the stuff going on affects our congregation. Um, and then finally wrap up with a brief overview of what was taught and then my like some of the things that really um, just struck me and hopefully can inspire all of us. So that's what we're I'm going to go over. I'm probably like 15 minutes, so that's what we'll see how long it takes. But um, I so to start, how did it affect me personally? Um, I really did feel like I walked away from the weekend um, just fed. Um, there was some incredible teaching and um, it was, yeah, it was just a real blessing. Um, and then as I interacted with all of 200 of these um, pastors throughout our new um, affiliation, I was just struck by how humbled I was to be around all of these incredibly talented people. And I think when we're in our own small congregation, it's easy to let our kind of unique abilities, maybe the different things that we excel at, um, you know, you can feel pretty good about yourself. Um, and then it's good to have that reality check of being around other incredibly talented people and kind of, okay, here's, you know, it, it kind of puts you in your place. Um, and not that, not that the rest of our congregation is not incredibly talented. We're blessed with that, but, um, it, it was just, it was that side of it was really good. Um, and then inspired is the third word that I thought of. We, it's also easy to look around and see all of the things in the church that are wrong um, in the churches around us and even our church. And to just go there and see, you know, a group of 200 people that are excited and have are coming from congregations and are excited about what God's, um, God's doing in their lives. And I'm in my upper 30s at this point, and it was really neat to see people who are younger than me, um, you know, in their early 30s, in their late 20s, who were called to serve God and were there. And then looking all the way forward to people in their upper 70s, maybe, I don't know if there was anyone in their 80s there, but you know, and they're still on fire, passionate for God. And that's just a huge inspiration. And I think something that also as a congregation we should appreciate in our congregation is that we have this kind of spectrum of there's always somebody we can look up to and look also not, not down on in a bad way, but back to 
and see them following behind us. So that was incredibly inspiring. Um, so moving on, how does the how does the weekend, how does ADC affect our congregation? And the first thing that is probably most talked about or thought of is it's caring and refilling the leadership team so we can be there and be better equipped to serve the congregation. And I will say that truly happened. We left inspired um, and refilled with passion to serve you guys. And I am really able, would say I'm going into, and I think the rest, Dave and Ivan would also share this. They're going into um, this next year with a lot of excitement and also, um, you know, just realizing it's a, it's a big task ahead of us, but we're excited about what God's doing. And then the second part of it is it's giving us something bigger to be a part of. And I just wanted to touch on this a little bit is we, um, as a congregation, it's not a conference, but it is a gather. Um, it's a gathering of um, or affiliation, and it's giving us um, something as a congregation that we're a part of that's bigger. And there were three things that were addressed that we're working on, kind of as ADC overall, and that is a place for our youth to interact. So they're having a youth. Um, retreat and also just exploring different ways for us to integrate our youth together. So I would encourage any of you youth follow up on this. Um, it's an exciting thing to be a part of and um, take advantage of it. And then missions, Dave talked about this a little bit, but also just um, how can we pool our resources together and, um, you know, have missions that are folk that are centered around the focus that, of discipleship and um, sending out the gospel. And then fellowship between churches. And I think this is a little difficult to figure out how this looks, but um, we're a small church, kind of a little bit away from a lot of other churches, and it's important that we have other churches that we're relating to um, and that we can connect with. So... Um, We'll see how that all pans out, but it is something that we're, we're looking for. And it, having one of the things that was discussed was how do we make it so that it's not just the Ohio churches hanging out with the Ohio churches and us fringe churches kind of on our own. So we had some great connection with different pastors that, you know, having that discussion of, you know, there are some churches that aren't too far away. How are we having some more back and forth with them? So... Um, and I think all of us benefit from that. And then finally, the last piece that I want to just address is Dave's role. And I think that is going to affect our congregation. Um, first off, I want to say Dave kind of downplayed it. I, and the word planning committee sounds like, oh, we're just planning this pastor's event. It's much more than that. Um, there's a lot that's going into this, and I also just want to acknowledge the fact that Dave was asked to do this is a great honor. It shows that he has, um, there's a lot of respect and trust that is going into this by this broader group of churches, and um, I think it's 
it's something that we can be grateful for that we have a leader and a pastor on our team who um, was worthy to be asked of that. So um, thank you, Dave, for being willing to do that. It's, it is going to be a big commitment of time, so um, just be aware of that. And, you know, anything we can do to um, just pray for Dave and also, you know, if there's things we can do to help them, um, I'm sure that'll be appreciated. So, um, so moving to the last part that I want to talk, touch on is just um, is the teaching and inspiration for our congregation. So an overview of what was taught. And um, I think overall, Dave talked about the theme that they were coming at it with. I would say overall, the theme that I received was the question, are Christ's teachings still relevant for us today? And we would all say, yes, they are. Um, it's, I think it's kind of part of who we are as Anabaptists, and one of the things that we would say is we take the Gospels as, you know, these are things that we live out. And it's not just theory, it's we're going to apply them to our lives. Jesus says, love our enemies. We're going to do that, and that means we don't go out and kill them. Um, yeah, so there's all these, and that's just one example. But so we started with that question, and then we had five sessions that kind of t- took us through that. And Dean Taylor was one of the speakers. He kind of, he bookended four other sessions, and. His first session was addressing that question, are Christ's teachings relevant? And he walked us through that they are. And then there were four sessions in the middle that dealt with just kind of an overview of them was some of the questions around gender that we face as a society, um, Christian nationalism, womanhood, and then liberation theology. Not really going to get into digging into those. Those are hour and a half long subjects at, elite, at, at the minimum. But that's what was covered really with the idea that um, these are the world's, the way the world has dealt with Christ with, you know, dealing with problems around us and bringing to light that their responses are not our responses and then um, kind of walking us through what a Christian's response truly is. Um, Some big takeaways from those sessions was the idea that the world comes in with the sword and all the pomp and show and that Christ came in on a donkey and it looks very different, it is very different and that we have to choose which one of those parades we're marching in. Um, 
and we can't march in both. They were both happening um, at the same time when, in Jesus's time, and they still are happening at the same time, and we can't be both places at once. So, um, and that was, I think that really spoke to me, um, and I think it's very easy to get caught up in trying to address um, the problems around us by marching in the world's parade, and we need to make sure that we are in Christ's parade. Um, so that was, that was just a, not a new thought, but also just, I think, very important for us today. So I think then the last, the last session kind of tied this up with the question of, well, the idea, and I want to just step back and walk you through a couple verses that are very familiar. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." And one of the things that I was, I was struck with was the question, if I would put a picture of a thermometer and a thermostat, a thermometer is going to be something that measures. It doesn't create change. And so often as a church, we try to be our own isolated community, and essentially be a thermometer that measures what's happening around us and um, kind of create our own little bubble that we can be compared to, and hopefully everybody looks around and sees, oh, you know, here's, here's where it should be, and this is a measuring stick. And while there may be a little bit of value for it, that does not, that is no, there's no action in that. And Jesus doesn't call us to inaction. He says, go. He says, make you disciples. And the other alternative is to be a thermostat. A thermostat creates change. And Christ calls us to make change. And if we look at many of the topics we discussed over the weekend, they're the world's way of creating change. The sword is nationalism, um, you know, um, yeah, all of, the, all of the things that we discussed were the world's way of making change. And it's easy for us to try to push God's um, gospel forward or try to push God's gospel forward using the world's measure or the world's approach. But rather, we need to turn to Jesus' commandments on how we do that. And I just want to point three things out that Jesus commands, um, mainly focusing on one of them, though. It's action, it's go. 
So there's action involved. And, you know, lots of question about do we have to go to a different part of the world? I'm not going to even go down that road, but there's action. We have to at least walk up to somebody and do something. So it's go. And then the second part is create disciples. And that's really the thing that I keep coming back to. And over the weekend, just kept re reoccurring, and some of it's in the name of ADC, but um, is that discipleship side. And I think it's the encouragement that I would love to continue to drive with this congregation here is, are we creating disciples in our congregation as well as outside of that congregation? Um, Bethany had an example of you know, she went somewhere and she's sharing the gospel. And now the next step is in those situations, are we creating disciples? Are we meeting with people? Are we continuing to walk with them? And that so often is the step that both in and out of our congregation, we aren't doing. We don't take, we want to create change, but we're not willing to follow Christ's um, kind of program to do that. So excited about that idea of going and creating disciples and discipleships. And then obviously he follows up with baptism and that's um, the other part of the commandment. And so I think my takeaway from the, um, the weekend was really are we going to be a, thermos, a thermometer or are we willing to be a thermostat? And then if we're willing to be used as a thermostat, we have to be the, um, if we want to create God's change, we have to be his type of thermostat and follow his commandments for how we create that change. Um, and that's my passion to be able to continue to do that and hopefully each of each of us in this congregation can be part of that. So I'll turn that back, time back to Dave. Appreciate your um, reflections on that. There were just some really powerful sessions. There's just no two ways about it. Those of you that don't know T Dean Taylor or don't know of him, he wrote a book, A Change of Allegiance, and a little bit of background for him. He and his wife were both in the Army and became conscientious objectors and became, uh, yeah, and, and their journey. And so throughout, especially Dean's sessions, that imagery, he would draw from some of those illustrations and so forth, and it was, it was, uh, it was pretty powerful. Interesting uh, on the idea of the gospel being relevant, and Mark chapter 1, verse 1 starts... The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We read that, and we don't really think anything of it. He pointed out that at that point in history, Caesar Augustus was the emperor. There are inscriptions that have been found refer, where Caesar, and actually it's on Roman coins at that time, that Caesar Augustus was called the Son of God. He talked about that he was bringing good news. He was bringing peace, that he was uh, the gospel, and that, yeah, and that he, 
he was proclaiming to be everything that Mark describes in Mark 1, verse 1, at who Jesus was. And so Jesus was coming into a culture where this terminology was applied to the Roman emperor as well as to Jesus Christ. And so there was a, you had to choose. What, what is it that you were going to believe? What were you going to follow? And um, just, just a fascinating uh, a bit of history there. And then he uh, referred to the account in Numbers 21 to 24. It's the account where uh, of Balaam and all of that, but even prior to that, the bronze serpent. But he just, uh, as long as the children of Israel were moving, were doing what God was asking them to do, God was blessing them incredibly. They were invincible. They were forgiven. They were faithful. They were holy. They were victorious. They were untouchable from the attacks of Satan. But when they stopped, when they started relaxing, when they became complacent and comfortable, things went the other way. And you see that in Numbers 25, verse 1. And it says, while Israel lived or abode in Shittim, the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. It's just that quick, sin prevailed when they became complacent. And, and using that analogy for the church that we need to be on the move, that we need to be moving forward and not becoming complacent. Psalm 13, verses 3 and 4. Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. Be the idea of being awake, alert, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And uh, one of the phrases that he kept using uh, several times, which just kind of resonated with me, what is the world to me? Is it a playground or is it a battlefield? And you approach it very differently if it's a playground than you do if it's a battlefield. How do I view the world? Um, he wrapped up then with a call to action. And maybe the one analogy that really kind of ties some of this together is in the military, there are the potential for ambushes. And he said, basically, they were taught in the Army, if there's an ambush, you're going to get killed if you try to get out of it, if you try to run. There's just no way of it. You're not going to win. However, you can increase your chances by doing something completely counterintuitive. So if you were ambushed, what would you do? I think we all try to find a hole and crawl in or whatever. He was like, the best thing you can do in an ambush is to charge those that are attacking you. Your instinct is to run. But if you charge them, you take them off guard and you have a chance. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting analogy of how we as Christians live our lives. And uh, it was, certainly was a, was a challenge to me. John Koblenz did a session on um, gender dysphoria, which 
um, was an in, was interesting as well. And I think that it's it's he described it. It's a way for unbelievers, our wor- the world around us, to try to deal with the confusion that they feel. And Christians have the answer for that. Um, it's about, you know, they, they believe so strongly. And some of the things that he described, I mean, almost, well, I'll just say that they, they believe life is about, I mean, and this is broader, this is broader than this, but certainly included in the whole LGBTQ um, arena. L- they believe that life is all about becoming all I can be, and only I can know what that is. They believe that reality rests strongly on feelings and that authenticity is being true to my feelings. Others owe it to me to help me become my true self. And then anyone who questions my perceptions about myself is being hurtful and hateful. And believes being true to myself is a sacred right and needs legal protection. So that's, that's, the, that's some of the underlying philosophy that is behind all of this. And it, you can certainly see it in that arena, but it extends to other areas of life and culture and how people view themselves and others. And as believers... That is one of the reasons I think Christians are under attack because it's, it's calling out, it's calling into question some of those things and showing a different way that makes, that can, they perceive to be hurtful and hateful and that you, you have no right to do that. But that uh, was, was eye-opening to me. Takeaway is that yes, culture is challenging, but it's been challenging throughout the ages, ever since Christ has been here. But the answer is and has always been in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that will address these issues if people will only understand and believe that. And and to me, that's just incredible. Um, encouragement and power in knowing that. And we have certainly nothing to be ashamed of. We have something, we have the answer, and, and we can share that with others and, and show them that. Appreciate all of you being here this morning, and um, just simply going to uh, have you stand, and we'll pray together as we close. <clears throat> Thank you, Father, for this privilege of being together this morning and reflecting on on your word, your teaching, on the teaching of others. I pray as we leave here that we can be encouraged, that we can be strengthened, that we can um, understand that the value of what we have and, and share that with those around us and as well as continue to learn uh, what you have for us. Pray that you would be with us as we go from here, dismiss us with your blessing, guide and direct us throughout this week. 
for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.